This episode of the podcast is brought to you by that weird itch in your butt that you shouldn't scratch in public. It's too bad she won't live. But then again, who does? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll Credits Podcast, the only podcast that could be a replicant or could not be. Or possibly could not be. I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. And we, w- weird pause, hold on. <laughs> Why'd you pause I was, so Because I was going to make a replicant joke about myself, about possibly being not Frank, but I just decided Are you possibly not, not Frank? I'm possibly not Frank. Frank, or possibly not Frank, <laughs> I might be a Blade Runner. <laughs> and weirdly enough, we are talking about Blade Runner today. Yes. Uh, Zach, give us the rundown. All right, guys. Blade Runner came out in 1982, directed by Ridley Scott. Yes. Couple of names. There are a few. Couple. <laughs> Harrison Ford is your main character. He yep. plays Rick Deckard. You have Sean Young, who plays Rachel. You have. By the way, yes. Y- young Sean Young. Very pretty. <laughs> yeah, very pretty. She she didn't age the best. No, but you know, like you see, who does? Yeah. Except for like Clooney and like Brad yeah, Pitt. Yeah, man, what the fuck with those two? <laughs> like they they look gr- they look better than they did in yeah, their prime. Yeah, always. Uh, you have Rudyard Hauer, who plays Roy Batty, who I absolutely love in this film. Mm-hmm. I think he's fantastic. You have Edward James Almost in this, who plays Gaff. Yep. And you have Daryl Hannah, who plays Pris. Yeah. And that's your main cast. That's all you really need to care about. Yeah. And if you don't know what Blade Runner is, because truthfully, I didn't. This was my first time watching Blade Runner. I've never saw it before. I saw it tw- I saw 2049 for like when that, when that came out in theaters. That looked gorgeous. I didn't even like that movie that much. Did you see it? No, I didn't see I didn't that. Really, I was like, this is pretty boring. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, too, just like you, this is my first time watching this film. Really? And I've seen, like, bits and pieces oh, of I it here you, and there. Like, oh, I thought you saw Blade Runner But, before. like, I've always had this notion that, like, Blade Runner is, like, this fantastic sci-fi film. And, yeah. like, Ridley Scott's gone on record to say that, like, this is his most complete film. Yeah. And I'm Ironically, like... Ironically, because, like... I was like... They you, had to make five versions of it. Did you know about yes. that? Yes. <laughs> so there's five different versions of it. I don't know which one you watched. I watched the final cut because everything that, like, I did research on was, like, you need... Like, f- the final cut is the, like, kind of, like, the definitive version of, like, Ridley Scott had complete control over everything and that was the final the final cut was like the version that he wanted to make the entire time. Yeah, which that's I, what I saw. Yeah, I guess like towards the end he lost a lot of control and yeah. that's why like the ending is really weird. Yeah. And I don't know, like I was expecting Did you watch the final cut? Yeah. Okay. I was expecting like a little bit more. So let so, me let me yeah, let, go, uh, go through yeah. like what it is. So basically you have Harrison Ford who is playing who is he playing Rick Deckard and Deckard is it's kind of like one of those stereotypical like like one last job yeah (laughs) but like he's so thrown into it with like yeah it's not not really like that but it kind of is it's like where it's like hey if you don't do come do this then you're gonna get arrested (laughs) and and it's like okay I guess I have no choice yeah um but basically it's the future it's 2019 uh, specifically November 2019. Yes. And, uh, really shitty year for Los Angeles last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, basically, he's a, a Blade Runner, and that's basically like a cop. It's a detective yes. of sorts. And there are these beings that are called replicants that are being created by a corporation where they they kind of make them... 
I, I truthfully didn't fully understand why they made them. So they made them for like a military purpose as like extra soldiers. And Basically, if you're thinking like a pawn in the game of chess. Okay. And then they only give them like a certain lifespan because then four they years. can. Yeah, they only give them. Well, like that's like the newest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the newest ones only have four years to live because then they can start feeling emotions or something. Or they have like the potential to start feeling emotion. Yeah. And then we can differentiate. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, so they just kind of need to have like, it's kind of like a fail, a fail safe where it's like, all right, after four years, this thing just kind of dies by itself. So then you have uh, Roy. You ha- Yeah, you have Roy who is like, hey, I want to find my creator to extend my life. Yeah. And then you have Rick, who's like, I need to kill you. Well, he's going after four that... Yeah, that they, just, I guess they went rogue? Yeah, they went rogue. They, they like were left on, like, a planet and then like came back to like Earth to then mm-hmm. fucking do what they do. And then yeah. Rick's like, ah, I gotta kill him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very odd film. Yeah. Truthfully, I didn't really like it. You know what, man? So... Here's where I have like, I have a couple of there's big a, points. There's a to lot make. of things that I actually that I did enjoy about the mm-hmm. film. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff, but like at the core, I was like, eh. Yeah, and that's where like it's very odd to me because when you think of Blade Runner, you think of a movie that kind of like stands the test of time, and like it's it's pronounced as like one of the great films. And I more so put this in like a cult classic type film. I think so. And a lot of things that it has going for it. Like, I really like the noir style of 100%. It's like a sci-fi noir. It's like very, it's a very like specific genre of of movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really well done of like blending the sci-fi and noir style together. Yeah. I really like how they took the Neo Tokyo style as to what the future is. Yep. And honestly, like there's a couple of scenes in this film where it looks like it could have been produced like today yeah like for the most part like the cgi and and like the practical effects and all that it for sure is a little dated but not to the point where it's like oh this is terrible like i can't believe you know whatever like like this looks so bad now yeah and that's why too like i mean this movie came out in 1982 yeah and i was just kind of like let me just see what else came out this year to like compare the cgi to it and, like, this was a huge year for films. Like, this was the year of E.T., The Thing, Rambo First Blood, Poltergeist, Rocky Three. Yo, I forgot about Rambo. Rambo is so cool. Rambo First Blood? Yeah. Part two, but that's actually the third movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's really weird when you think of, like, where this movie kind of stands with films during the time. Yeah. Like, there's a lot going on in 1982 in the world of sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so for sure, like, pros, mm-hmm. movie's fucking gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. Like, even with the dated CGI and, like, everything in the background, it's beautiful to look at. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of, like, probably the first thing that almost everybody who watches this movie is going to notice mm-hmm. is that the movie is very, very beautiful to look at. I mean, the cinematography is like all the neon lights and and you can really feel like the world yeah. that he built is uh it's very just it feels you know like you can kind of just step in through the screen and like and you, and you know like the world that you're in uh he does a really really good job of like kind of flushing out the world and and the atmosphere and all that so that's like 100% a really really big pro for me yeah one of my favorite scenes is when 
Deckard is doing the interrogation to see if Rachel is a replicant. Mm. And, like, her just smoking the cigarette. And it's so noir where it's, like, it's all the smoke and you're just seeing, like, partial of her face. Yeah. My favorite shot in the whole movie was... uh, there's a scene, I don't remember who, who was, like, actually in frame. I'm pretty sure it was Harrison Ford, and he was talking to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And they, like, talk, and they're talking and talking and talking. And then they finish what they're saying, and they walk away. And then the camera just kind of stays there and then kind of pans left. And then there's, like, all of, like, these, like, Japanese men, like, on bikes. And they kind of, like, just start coming into frame. And, and it just like the it's just, like, following, like, the world. Again, like, mm-hmm. he does, like, these really, like, kind of, like long takes where the action is finished but you're still just there for like another 20 seconds or so just like with the world yeah i thought that i thought that was like a really cool idea and that's why too like i brought it up in the children of men like that is how you build a world like you set the frame and you show the background yeah in general to show like what kind of world this really is and it really like some of the tiny things that i noticed where it's like most of the settings are dark with like small lights shining through yeah and it really just accents the fact that like everybody is basically being watched yeah like there is no matter where you hide there's always some light shining in mm-hmm. of what you're doing yeah uh another thing that i thought was kind of interesting that uh that he that he decided to do in the film and i because this movie is based off of a book i don't it is. know the book that it was based off of my brother read it and it's very it's somewhat similar and somewhat different to the yeah. f- the film because a lot of it is Deckard. So in the book, they focus way more on the fact that like animals are no longer around mm. and it's mostly just replicant animals. And if you have a real animal, you are probably rich out the wazoo. Yeah. And the whole story is that Deckard has this lamb who is real and it dies and now he's trying to like find the money to pay for a replicant to basically just hold on to what humanity he has. Mm. And he takes up being a Blade Runner to get the money for it. Yeah, that's not what this movie's about at no, all. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but anyway, back to like what I was saying. Yes. Um, I really thought that what Ridley Scott did with the whole like hierarchy of like kind of like the capitalistic kind of, mm. you know, like uh, lower class, middle class, hi- uh, high class. I thought that was really interesting because if you notice the high class, you know, the, the upper upper class is like they they kind of tower over everybody else because all like the rich in this film live in like skyscrapers, like yeah. thousands of feet in the sky. Like Tyrell. Yeah. And then you have the poor who are just on the ground in the city itself, like actually like in the streets. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting concept because personally, I don't think I've ever seen that in any other movie where the way that, the way that you can distinct the, the rich and the, the rich and the poor was literally by how much similar to like, uh, judge dread. No, no, no. Similar to, um, lock where, where where he says like how much sky we're going to take up. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like that where like the rich are just like up in the sky, like taking up that space and the poor down in the streets, just kind of walking around and you know, there's a lot of poverty and crime and all that. Um, so I thought that was a really, really interesting, cool way of like showing like the diverse type of cultures that are going on in the film. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I really, really enjoyed about this film, which takes up a lot of it is, Going into this film, I I really expected a lot more out of, like, the sci-fi detective style of it. 
and a lot of it is really slow and we'll we'll put that more into like when we talk about the cons yeah but where i fell in love with this film is less about like the dialogue less about the overall story itself but the message of the loss of humanity Mm -hmm. and it really towards the end especially when you have the whole thing with ray and deckard it weighs on so much where it's trying to identify what makes everyone human and what gives them individual reasons to live Mm -hmm. and for ray as a villain I think he's so sympathetic in, and that's part of the reason why villains are so much cooler to talk about. Always. Because you have to have some type of reason as to almost agree with them yeah. for to see what they're doing. Yeah. And Ray is not trying to like go full on Terminator and take over the world and make everyone replicants. He's just trying to extend his life, extend <laughs> his life and also have people remember him. Yeah. And that's where the last fight scene means so much more to me as words rather than a fight. Yeah, because I'll be honest, the fight itself is like not Weird. that good. Yeah, so like I guess I w- it was just really like just weirdly seen. Yeah, but like it was odd. it was so strange. It's like he has you like he there's so many like times where he could have killed him. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, oh, now he runs away for some odd yeah, he reason. Broke his fingers <laughs> and then just like lets him go. Yeah, and it just pops just, his head through the wall. Just really strange. And then like, there's the woman that like he like. There's that you know between the in the final battle. There's like the girl right oh, before. Pris. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like she does like a thing where like she literally has him in her legs and she could like snap his neck at any point and then she and just then releases just him <laughs> and then like runs over like so she could then do like a backflip yeah. and then come and attack him and then he just shoots her in the torso and she dies and I'm like ah, really quick too fun fun little fact um when you first get introduced to Pris and like she's sleeping by like the trash and JF comes over and yeah. or scares her yeah and she runs and like runs into the car and breaks the window she legitimately just slipped and that's not a breakaway glass window. Yeah, like she, she actually really hurt herself. She actually like had to get stitches in her elbow for it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so the the last fight scene is really weird and I know Ridley Scott like had this whole idea that it was going to be like a kung fu battle almost and Howard actually brought up the fact where it'd be much cooler to do like a hunter becomes the hunted type thing. Yeah. Because that's more or less what Deckard is. Like, he's a hunter. Yeah. He's a detective. And for it to be turned on his head at this point where he's running away for his life. Yeah. It becomes so much different. Yeah. And it was cool. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I know that it was probably, like, not meant to be funny. But. The when, bird in his hand? When what, he, like, he just grabs it for no reason? No, 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 no. <laughs> when Roy, like, smashes his head through the wall. Yes. But he's literally like six inches away from the door. (laughs) It's very Looney Tunes. Like, like, okay. Um, Anyway, I want to kind of just talk about like my issues now, I guess. I did not care for the romance. It felt very forced. Especially to like the very awkward sex scene. Well, you know what? I was like, because I was like looking at like their ages of like when they filmed the movie of like how old Harrison Ford was and how old Sean Young was. Mm-hmm. She was like 21, 22, and he was like 40. 
And I was like, oh, that's a... That's a big game. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty big one there. Um, he looks great for 40, though. Oh, yeah, no, he time. looks really good for 40. Um, but, yeah, Harrison Ford in this movie is, like, 40, mm-hmm. and she's, like, literally, like, 21 years old. And um, I don't know. Like, I just didn't really care for it. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a subplot that I just felt like was slowing down the, 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 like the main plot. Because, yeah. honestly... As cool of a concept as, like, Roy coming in and, like, saying, like, hey, like, I'm trying to extend my life. And then, like, him going around and trying to find his maker and all that. Yeah. He's really not in the movie that much. No. And he really just kind of shows up every now and again to, like, interrogate people. And then he's yeah, off. Yeah. And, like, I, I feel like, okay, why are we not focusing on Roy? Because, like, at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. Because, like, the whole, I think you said his name was J.F., right? Like, the yes. guy that has, like, all, like, the weird toys and trinkets yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that worked for Tyrell. His whole, like, subplot, I feel like, really slows down the plot. Like, yeah. I, like the, the love story slows down a little bit, but then I feel like JF's, like, plot really comes to, like, a crawling halt. And I'm like, okay, now I am just almost completely checked out. Yeah, because all you really need him for is for the fact that he lives in this giant building by himself, which is where the final chase scene happens. And that's yeah, it. that's literally it. But, like, they just focus on him for so long. And I'm just like, I don't care. I know. I the, just don't care. The acting, too, in this film. Eh. I, I can tell at this point when Harrison Ford is really not into When he's hamming role. it in. <laughs> and I don't know if you got the version where it had, like, the inner monologues while he's like standing around in the beginning. Mm. So I got that version. I don't think so. And so I don't think we watch the same versions. All right. Well, did you see like a unicorn thing in there? Yeah, there was a unicorn. Okay, I didn't see that one then. Because yeah, my you brother didn't watch was the final me, cut. Yeah. Ah, fuck. Yeah, you messed up. You messed up. Yeah, I guess that had like a whole other point to make where I, I want to talk lastly about it. But um, yeah, so. I watched the version where Harrison Ford had, like, these inner monologues, much like when we watched Sin City and right, how, yeah. like, Marv has the inner monologues as he's, like, doing everything. Yeah. But Harrison Ford is just phoning it in for is he? them. Like, so I guess what happened was <laughs> he felt that it was really stupid to do it. Yeah. And this was, like, when it was going to one of the final versions of the movie. Okay. And he was like, well, if I do it shitty enough, they won't put it in. And then Ridley Scott <laughs> put it in. <laughs> so, backfired on Harrison So, it Ford. was bad. Yeah. JF's performance in this, weird, nah. so rushed. Nah. Um, Edward James almost, he's a great actor, but he doesn't do anything No, in this there's film. literally, like, almost no point. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost kind of like, oh, just put in another big name yeah. so we have something in here. Yeah. But he really didn't do anything. And then Pris, I just didn't care about, like, her character. No. It's really just Roy. That Howard really put in the effort for this character, and even so, like that that last line that he has, like at the end, involving like raindrops, that yeah. was all ad lib. Like he just did that because he felt like it would add to the character so much. Mm-hmm. So the acting definitely was a drawback for so me. So how did your movie end? So my version ended with Deckard going to the apartment to get Rachel. And then finding that there was a little origami unicorn. Okay. And then they were like, we got to get the fuck out of here. And then it's just them driving. Oh, no, I didn't get that. Really? What well, you so get? I it, was, it was sort of similar where it was like, oh, there's a little. So, yeah, like Harrison Ford has like kind of like a like a memory of of a unicorn. Yeah. Like in the middle of the movie, which I guess you didn't get. 
and he's like he talked about it but he did I didn't, oh, okay yeah so like there's like image. an a, there's like him like thinking about it you see like this unicorn and like this field and it's just you know it's a big white horse with a fucking snow cone <laughs> coming out and um and then like right at the end because his like partner guy is like obsessed with like making these little origami whatever yeah um he says something to him like i don't remember exactly what he said he said something to him like right after he killed Roy, his his partner guy shows up and he's like, "Too bad she she, she can't live." But yeah. then again, who really does? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then like he runs back to Rachel and he's like, "Oh, I love you." And she's like, "Yeah, I love you too." And they kiss and I'm like, "Okay, whatever." And then he and then he notices the little origami unicorn, and then it, I think he kind of like almost like does like a little smile, and then he him and her just like walk out the door together and then it ended. Hmm. I was like, okay, what? I, I, what is that? <laughs> yeah, because I was expecting a lot more to play on the fact that like, is Deckard a replicant or is he not? Yeah, they don't and really touch on that at all. Like, no. there's like a big debate about in this movie, you know, for yeah, this movie and for that's years. All I've heard is and like, like, but like, there's really not much of that. Like, the, the, I thought that would have been a really cool idea, where yeah. it's like him internally like trying to figure out wait a minute am i fake am i not like was i created are my memories like completely just synthetic or are they real and i think and they in, just don't really yeah i think dive the, into that the 2049 sequel actually dives into that a little bit more it does but it's more of uh ryan gosling yeah, yeah yeah so ryan gosling that's kind of like the whole deal is like him like trying to figure it out yeah but they really don't touch on it at all like mm. the, the most that i've gotten where like i've looked it up is two things like you can tell because they'll have like a kind of red glare in their eyes yeah which you get with leon you get with uh pris you get with um that weird snake lady Mm -hmm. that like was a very awkward scene it was Um, very yeah unnecessary it's a weird chase scene just for some action i guess but the the song that was used in it too is from good time Oh, is it? Yeah. So oh, okay. I think um, I think the Safdie brothers saw this movie and was like, "I gotta add that song." That's cool. In there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you know when when Roy is killing Tyrell, who is actually I forgot his name, but the actor is the butler from The Shining. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so you get that, and then I guess there's like a weird point in the movie where like you kind of get a red glare in Deckard's eye. Yeah, so and the, I saw there was, like, one scene where, like, he, he's not even he's not even in focus. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like he's, like, in the background, and then there's, like, oh, I think it's Rachel or somebody talking, and he's, like, kind of blurred out in the background, and you, and you kind of see, like, this yellowish kind of glare coming from, like, his eyes very, very briefly, and I was like, okay, so he's a replicant. Yeah. And then, like, the whole unicorn thing. Yeah, so it's an implanted memory. Right, which but, I get. I don't know. Like, I don't really feel like there's much of an argument. Like, I feel like it's pretty much like kind of cut and dry. Like, clearly he is. And that's why, too. Like, <laughs> even Ridley Scott went on record saying that, yes, Deckard is a replicant. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, well, he, then it's over. He, <laughs> he literally said that. But then I guess, like, Harrison Ford got really pissed off about it because I guess they agreed that he was going to be a human because uh, the final chase scene makes more sense then because it's man versus machine rather than right. just two two machines yeah <laughs> and the last part too that i wanted to bring up was um with ray like why he didn't let decker drop and oh right yeah i think like a big point of that too has to play into his humanity because he knows that like his lifespan is ending very soon yeah and he realizes that if he lets decker drop he'll be alone in his death and he'll have no one to like share his last words with. 
letting Deckard live lets him have his final words yeah. and lets a piece of him live on in Deckard. Right. Yeah, and so that's in that's memory. where the loss of humanity aspect plays in. Yeah. Where I think Roy is way more interesting. Yeah, I just wish they really focused on him more. Like, mm-hmm. I wish... there. I, I feel like collectively he may have had, like, f- 10 minutes of screen time. Like, maybe? Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, like Except for, like, the ending where, like, it's all him. Other than that, like, he's very rarely in the movie. I know. And, and it's and just very dis- disappointing. And that's where, like, I mean, it kind of... Yeah, like you said, it's disappointing to see because he is a really good character. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 similar to you, I was kind of expecting more because this movie, I was, you know, I've heard so much about Blade Runner and yeah. everyone's like, you know, without Blade Runner, there wouldn't have been like all of these other like sci-fi films that like took so much from it. And I'm like, okay, great. So like, this is like literally the pinnacle of the sci-fi genre. Like, let's, let's see what, what we got. And we got nothing. <laughs> I, was, I mean, yeah, overall, I was just kind of disappointed. I was like, man, I was kind of hoping for more. And I thought you yeah. saw this movie before, and I thought you were going to say, oh, I loved it so much. No, but, um, same boat. Mm. Like, I, I've heard so many good things, and I'm like, we got to we gotta do Blade Runner. Yeah. And, yeah, I was disappointed. Like, Similar I, to I 2049 think- with me, though, too. Like, it was just another movie where I was like, it's gorgeous to look at. It's a really cool concept. And it yeah. was just kind of left and like, okay, well, kind of wish I had a little bit more. Yeah, I mean... I, I understand, like, where it sits in history. It definitely, to me, feels more like a cult classic film. Yeah. And putting it in that category rather than, like, this blockbuster. Like a masterpiece. Yeah, like this blockbuster masterpiece, like, pinnacle of film yeah. at the time. I think it sits way better in a cult classic because you can have these really cool debates of, like, is it awesome? Is it kind of bad? Is it awesome? Does it, <laughs> does it find some place in the middle where... It will sit with history for yeah. a very long time, and I think that's more or less where I found the enjoyment of Blade Runner. Yeah. All right. Well, eh. Eh. <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> you have recommendations that? I do. I have a very oh. weird one that okay. I just... So it's a podcast. Oh, no. It's on Spotify. Is it Roll the Credits? It's our own podcast. Is it us? You are correct. That is what it is. So... It is a podcast called Wind of Change. So I found it about like maybe three, four days ago. It's a eight-part miniseries that every part is out now. It is done by a journalist named Patrick Raiden Keefe, who is a big conspiracy theorist. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, oh, so we're it's, going down the rabbit hole. Oh yeah, I went <laughs> I went down the rabbit hole hard with this one. So he edits it beautifully, and he adds in clips, and he also talks to very key people within this, but it's all about the idea that the song Wind of Change by the Scorpions in the 80s mm-hmm. was really written by the CIA to have some form of way to bring down the Berlin Wall, or that the Scorpions were actually involved in the CIA, or that their manager, Doc McGee, was involved in the CIA. I know it sounds a little weird. <laughs> it sounds a little weird. I'm into it, though. Like, the way that he kind of, like, brings forth the information is very interesting. And I'm less kind of, like, intrigued by the idea that the Scorpions were involved in the CIA and more of how he's piecing it together. Yeah, yeah. Because he'll talk about, like, Ozzy Osbourne, Bon Jovi, Skid Row... 
he'll talk about how Louis Armstrong went in like the 50s to play like this benefits concert, but it was actually orchestrated by the government. Mm-hmm. And he has like these ex-CIA members involved in it with interviews. And I guess like there's something that you can do where it's like a foyer where you can basically request from the government like information of a document. Gotcha. And you might get it, you might not get it. It depends yeah. on like how lucky you are. But I guess he did it for the Scorpions and they said like we can neither deny nor approve the fact that this exists. So it kind of just... Fifth. Yeah, it just sparks like a big thing. And I'm a conspiracy... Well, I wouldn't say that. Like I, I enjoy conspiracy theories. Like I, I'm intrigued I, by them. I definitely enjoy a good conspiracy theory every once in a while. When I was younger, I used to go deep into them. Yeah, so I mean, it's really cool. I'm on episode six right now out of eight. So. Okay. I'll let you know when I'm finished Thanks. How it how it really ends. <laughs> and that's it. Cool. Great. Awesome. Thanks, Frank, Zach. what are we doing next? Uh, we are going to be doing a film called Hell or High Water. Ooh. Little, I've been wanting to little, do that. Little Jeff Bridges for you. Ah. I love <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Um, so that's what we're doing next week or whatever, whenever this comes out. Sundays. Next podcast. Um, Mondays. Mondays, Tuesdays. And that's it. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank... This was not called execution, it was called retirement.